Alrighty, welcome to the Celtics Lab Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tuftifying. I'm here with Dr. Justin Quinn. This episode of the Celtics Lab Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network, BetterHelp, you deserve to be happy, and Derek White. Because it took us a little bit to check our mics, but we're recording immediately after Derek White just to save the Celtics season. And let's start there. Let's let's bite off a lot to chew. You mentioned the name John Havlicek in our DMs. Where does this rank in like Celtics postseason heroics? Because it's pretty high up there. It's definitely top 10 material no matter what happens. It's top five material if they do the thing. What's funny is there was a block with like seven minutes and change. Hal Horford blocked Bam Adebayo. And I thought that was like, ooh, I'm going to register this. This is an important, pivotal moment. I couldn't have guessed what came next. Um, yeah, this is like, if they, look, if they lose by 30 in game seven, knock on wood, things are different. But as it stands, this is just like spectacular Bobby Orr, John Havlicek level level stuff. This is so big. Um, it shouldn't have gotten to that point, which we'll talk about, because this was a game Boston should have won handily. And until Derek White saved their asses, they were about to punch their ticket to Cancun. But it doesn't matter. The final score is all that matters in sports, and the final score was 104-103. We've got a Game 7 on Monday. Let's talk about Game 6, and then we'll preview that Game 7. Dr. Quinn, here are the major themes that I identified, and we can decide which we want to talk about. Boston's defense at the rim was good, mostly, and on the perimeter was bad. Boston's offense at the rim was very good, and its offense behind the three-point line was bad. And they had a lot of turnovers. That wasn't good either. Jimmy Butler was bad, and then suddenly he wasn't. And they kind of looked like they were choking, but Derek White said otherwise. Oh, they did not look like they were choking. They were choking. I mean, Jalen was on the podium uh, with the the TNT crew saying exactly that. Uh, There was no almost choking. They choked away this game, and it was really a miracle uh, slash Derek White call him a miracle if you want, uh, that prevented from happening. The defense that you mentioned in terms of perimeter shooting versus – it was real ballsy to, to, to basically take away the paint and leave a team that has been burning you pretty consistently, even though they shouldn't, uh, from three, and really just like honing in not as good as they should have, but you know, mostly on the three-point shooters on this team – leaving people like Jimmy and Bam and Kyle Lowry open. Very, very ballsy. Uh, I'm sure we're going to dial in and dissect what happened collectively uh, a lot more to that effect. But some very good coaching moves throughout this game from Joe until um, one that is going to get you know looked at a lot with that that two-point two uh, foul that turned into a three-shot three foul at the uh-huh. end of the game. Uh, that would have been reviewed almost certainly and turned into a three-point a three-point shot. Almost certainly, I think. I'm pretty yeah. sure. But it I mean he had really to re- he had to review it. Yeah. What, what 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 else is there to do? You have a challenge, you might as well try. Yeah, Boston was up one hundred to ninety-one with three minutes to go. Um, it's it was a game of runs. I mean, I don't know how many times they flashed a graphic on the screen that Miami's on a twelve point run, Boston's on a eleven to three run. It was just Neither team was in any particular groove, so 
I, if we were recording this in halftime, we would have said whichever team is hot down the stretch is going to win the game. And that was Miami. Um, Jimmy Butler had kind of a, an ugly game, but he turned it on down the stretch, including those big free throws. I mean, a- another thing that's really important here is Duncan Robinson had two wide open threes. Like Boston, that, that first wide open three, the Celtics players didn't even box out. Like they just watched it. Like it was such defeat. It was so, so bad. Um, it was so, I think that was not the one with 20 seconds left. That was one with a minute 24. Uh, it would have tied the game. I mean, Boston was just looking sad and out of gas. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, 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 we've talked about this enough now that it's like half the time Boston actually plays okay perimeter defense. And the other half the time they don't. But Miami shooting lights out. I think they ended 40-something percent from three, which is not, you know, setting records. But they so they shot 46.7% from three. That's pretty good. Boston shot 20% from three. Now this is four games that Miami has been really, really good from deep. And Boston has been really, really bad from deep. And again, this Derek White layup is the difference here from all from the first three games of the season. I, I, I'm not like, I keep harping on this, not to like bemoan the poor life that I lead, but just to like underscore how back and forth this game was. I wrote a recap about a loss, then I wrote a recap about a win, then I wrote a recap about a devastating loss, then I deleted most of it because Derek White changed everything. Um, and, and again, it's not like, oh, poor Cameron, dear listener, please give me pity so much as the tides turned enough that I deleted hundreds and hundreds of words of writing because the narrative shifted um, or the energy shifted, I suppose, if, if you'll allow it. Okay. Hello. Uh, what, what are we missing? What were other major themes for anyone who didn't watch the game? Oh, boy. Uh, Jalen Brown getting in foul trouble early on. Uh, Jimmy, we talked about Jimmy being historically cold, but the the Heat were also really, really, really bad inside. Uh, I'm looking up points in the paint. Uh, it's not as dramatic. Up, it, well, continue. Boston outscored them by, by 10 points in the paint, and... There was a point uh, in the first half where the Heat were shooting under 40% from the floor. Uh, they finished the game uh, 35.5%. Uh, and none of that really was coming from the perimeter. That was lots and lots of shots. They kept taking shots. They were basically doing what the Celtics do on the perimeter in the paint, which mm-hmm. really was one of the keys to Boston winning this game with their three-point shooting, which uh, I, I believe this was the lowest – Three-point shooting of the season, twenty percent. So uh, not good. Wow, that's that's remarkable. Yeah, the reason I cut you off on the points in the paint thing is towards the end, Jimmy Butler and and Bam a little bit kind of forced the issue at the rim and picked up a few points, but uh, it was it was a more jarring uh, discrepancy when you watch the game. Um, yeah, the three-point shooting so bad. Ready for this? Tatum zero for eight, Horford zero for two, Marcus Smart four for eleven, Derek White three for seven. Jalen Brown over four, Grant Williams over three. I don't really think they were like missing Malcolm Brogdon tonight. They, if they hit three threes more than they did, the game is as a completely different tenor. But that is, I don't know, irresponsible <laughs> lack of shooting. It's just that's incredible. It's just what stinks so much about it is Missoula Ball, as we like to call it, 
even if it's not predicated on volume shooting, because they only took 35 shots, it is space and pace. It is shoot the threes or try to get a layup. There's not, it's not the Phoenix Suns, right? And during the season, we talked to him about that. And he said, if they're shooting poorly, keep shooting. I mean, the whole thing is we're not changing up our approach. We're shooting threes. And they didn't really move away from shooting threes. Except for Jason Tatum getting to the line. Yeah, he. Um, I, I, I do commend him. He was scoreless in the second half until, I don't know, four minutes to play, which is which is not great. But he did continue to drive and, and force the issue. He ended with 31 points, 12 rebounds, and five assists. I mean, he had a great game. But um, I don't know. There's just something poetic about if they're going to go out, they're going to go out shooting 20% from three that I couldn't stomach. So thank you, Derek White. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> Two players I do not want to see more of in Game 7. Uh, Kyle Lowry and Sam Hauser. Uh, neither <laughs> of them was very effective, and they did not do their respective teams any favors by being on the floor. Uh, Peyton Pritchard, honestly, was more effective when he saw the floor in the series. So as weird as it sounds, I feel like he actually is better at defending the Heat, which doesn't seem like it should make any sense, but it was not a good matchup for Hauser. And Lowry just, he looks like tired, washed. I'm not really sure what to call it, but it's He's not. He's got those knee injuries, I guess. Yeah. I don't think we'll get an answer on Brogdon until a few hours before the game, whether or not he's going to try to play or not, because um, he was questionable and then he was out. Uh, I mean, if he's got a torn tendon, that's not very good, or ligament, that's not very good. Um, I don't know. Miami had one, two, three, four, five, six players scoring double figures, including Duncan Robinson, who missed two shots that would have ended the series right there, but he was putting the ball on the floor. There's just something about these the first three games in this game where Boston's defense has been really good, but like on the plays that they're not, they're so busted. Anyways... Let's pause the action and talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Do you think FanDuel would let me do characters and ad reads? I feel like if I was... you saying the words, I think it counts. I don't know. I feel like I sounded like a 1930s newspaper. $1,000 in bonus. Like, I feel like I was really slipping into something there. Anyways, um, they didn't have FanDuel in the 30s, to my knowledge, but they have it in the 2020s, and there's no better bet place to bet all of the playoffs action this playoffs than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit is required. A refund is issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG for Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 for Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas. 
Call 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit GamblingHelpMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Visit MDGamblingHelp.org in Maryland. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net for West Virginia. I feel like there's going to be an exorcist situation where I'm just like levitating over the bed, reading the FanDuel. Incantations. <laughs> yeah. Again and again and again. I hear you. But it's important if you need the help. Anyways, I don't know, man. I, like <laughs> We're charged with being experts here. I am... This was a garbage game with a golden ending. I don't know how else you put it. I mean, it was. Wait, a- that was great. Hold on, say it again. That was poetic. That was beautiful. A garbage game with a golden ending. But put that in there. Celtic slap, one nine eight golden game, bad ending or whatever you just said. Um, last last game I caffeine was like, talking. Yeah, no, uh, I'm a caffeinated person. I don't know if you can tell. Um, the last game, I was like. I got nothing smart to say. Every inkling, every instinct I have about what's happening keeps changing. And now after tonight, I don't know. I mean, that's the point of a game seven is, right? It doesn't really matter what the history says, what the data says, what the stats say. You can have, play it. yeah, Grant Williams get at seven threes or Jimmy Butler could have 51 points or whatever it is. Like the game is on. Um, but we have we have to fill the time with... <laughs> With chatter, at least to get to another ad read. So, home teams have won seventy percent, I believe, of Game Sevens in the history of the playoffs. So that means nothing. Yeah, here's some more empty stats. No team has ever come back down 0-3 in the NBA, but no team has ever been the last team in scoring in the regular season and gone to the NBA Finals, and that would be the Miami Heat. So, some weird history is on the line. Interestingly, and I learned this from the great Bob Ryan on. Tony Kornheiser's podcast, the Rochester Royals coughed up a 3-0 series lead to the Knicks, and the Knicks were leading with a minute to go. And I don't know the specifics because I wasn't there in 1952, but there was a controversial offensive foul call that wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be fun that if Monday night we're podcasting about a controversial offensive foul call? Um looking forward to that. What did you think of the ref in this game? I hate ref discourse, but I allowed it. It feels like it mostly favored the Heat until, excuse me, mostly favored the Heat until the fourth quarter, and then it seemed to flip and mostly favored the Celtics until the very, very end. And I suspect if you went through the calls, it would look like a normal game. I what what I was really asking about was the first half. It was rough and tumble, like. Who did Al Horford play? Oh, they trip? called it real, real tight in the first half. And then actually, no, they, no they really. Them... Yeah, no, they're really loose in the first half. And then that third quarter sucked. <laughs> it was just not entertaining basketball. Um, and, and again, I'm like really struggling to come up with analysis because at any given game in this series, Jalen Brown's really good. Jalen Brown's really bad. Jalen Brown's in foul trouble. Jason Tatum's really good. Jason Tatum's absent. Jason Tatum's going to the line. Jimmy Butler is Michael Jordan 2.0. Where is Jimmy Butler? Bam Adebayo is Magic Johnson. Where is – it's just – My theory is the hot take economy is running out of places to land, so they're just all landing here. I mean, yes. You were pro- I mean, you're probably right about that. The discourse around this series has been maddening, and we're in the business of making discourse. 
Um, I also think that these are just two good, not great teams that are tough and resilient enough to keep going to Easter Conference Finals. But uh, they have enough warts that it's just a weird rock fight. Even when it's ballet, it's a rock fight. All right. I'm going to do pretty poetic too, actually, but continue. I mean, we're supposed to be. It's, this is our post. This is what we do. This is our postseason too. I'm so excited for you to edit my recap because there's fewer adverbs. There's a few that I stand by. Um, the use of the word exceedingly, I stand by. As you by. should at times. As you should. Everything in moderation, including moderation. Sure, especially sports gambling. Um, I want to talk about BetterHelp, though. Uh, another sponsor of our podcast and a sponsor we're really happy to work with. We're also happy to work with our other sponsors, but BetterHelp seems to offer a service that we really stand by. It's, excuse me, it's an online platform that allows you to try therapy or continue therapy in a convenient, flexible uh, uh, manner in a way that suits your schedule. What happens is you fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist. And importantly, you can switch therapists at any time, no additional cost. Therapy can be expensive. There's there There are some loops to jump through and so, so sometimes people either don't try it because of cost or they don't switch therapists because of cost so being able to switch therapists for no additional charge is a really big deal um as someone who's been to therapy i didn't like my therapist and that kind of changed the nature of what the, the experience was so among all the other reasons that we think better helps good product that ability to switch at no cost is is we think really important so discover your potential with better help visit betterhelp.com salt lab you'll get a 10 percent Discount on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Salt Lab. All right. Game seven is Monday night in Boston. I will be there, which I'm very excited about professionally. I will not be there. I'm very jealous because that looks like it's going to be an amazing game. Even if it's not, what I appreciate about this win is I think it's whatever the Giannis... I guess I never asked you what your opinions on Giannis's definition of failure was. I assume we're reasonably in agreement, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. In this, well, I was going to say it doesn't matter in the same way that it did after Game Three. That like even if with the most generous definition of failure in sports, we would have said this is this sucks, this is bad, and now. I suppose it still depends on what happens in Game 7 and the, the way they win or the way they lose, but they have earned the right to write their own narrative in a way that was not on the table uh, a few games ago that Joe Missoula was maybe on the hot seat or at least the proverbial hot seat, according to the, the masses. Jalen Brown, I had... Uh, maybe they, they're going to listen to this podcast and I'll joke with them later. I had a sports writer... Uh, on our level, who I like very much, say to me, I don't think Jalen signs the extension. And I just, even if they lose, I can't. He is going to sign the extension, book it. I will go on FanDuel if there's a bet for that and put good money on that because he'll take that bag and if he really wants to leave, put up a stink to see how that yeah. goes. I mean, there is signing good, that check. There is good money there. But I suppose if they had gotten swept, we would at least have to wait. Maybe. Like, again, we're, we're in a really blessed position where, like, we get to, however much we add to the discourse, like, we're part of the, the zeitgeist to an extent, right? And 
we would have had to, in good faith, like at least talk about other people talking about will Jalen Brown sign that extension. Now that the Celtics have forced a game seven and hopefully will win the game seven, I think we can say that that suggestion that Jalen Brown is not signing the extension is, I'm, I'm going to say horseshit is probably the best <laughs> word to describe it. So It would be a very, very bad move on his part to leave enough money to leave a 30-person family set for life. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just, yeah, he's not leaving that much money. No, no, no. And again, the broader point is Brad Stevens now would kind of look uh, impulsive if he moved on from Joe Missoula after he fought back from because only three teams have even forced a game seven. Like this is a big deal. And as much as he was stubborn in not changing what he did when it really came time to make a decision about how to move forward, he made the right call and he did so by departing from things he had been doing. So that needs to be taken as a data point for like the other things that we complained about as well. I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I agree. Um, at this point, like analysis of Game Seven feels like a fool's errand. The Heat looked tired, but un- unflappable, and the Celtics look like the depth is there, but they look flappable. Um, everybody and, better be there. When I say everybody, I mean if you are a Celtics alumni and you are not there, you better have a damn good doctor's note in your corner or some shit like that. Yeah, I was wondering about that, like. Are they going to bring out the 04 Red Sox for game five? You, was, would, you, you would think that if they're going to do anything like that, now is the time. Yeah, I I, I mean, I, I guess it's it, – you don't want to blow your – I don't want – it's two crats. You don't want to overdo it. Game <laughs> you don't want to overdo it, yes. I know exactly where you're going with that, and you don't want to do that either. Yeah, you don't want to overdo it in game five, but you – also don't want to miss a game seven, but game seven's on the table now. I mean, Paul Pierce is going to be there and living it up. Paul Pierce was great in game five. He, that man should be mayor of TD Garden. They I mean, should it's, let it's, him live we there. Can make, we can make that up. He is now the mayor of TD Garden. Oh, congrats. Good for him. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I can't, I can't, I'm not like derelict. I didn't just like roll. I watched that game. I wrote about the game. Like I know what happened. I'm just like struggling to find analysis because Game sevens are wacky, and that game six was wacky. It comes down to who wants it more, or it, it, it maybe else happens. I mean, it sort of did tonight, and then Derek White just good basketball instincts. I mean, follow the ball. If there are kids who are learning to play the game of basketball right now, uh, boxing out is really important. But at a certain point, you got to make a play on the ball, and Derek. Oh my god! Like I'm just like re- rewatching it in my head. Like he was like so Goosebumps. so close. Goosebumps. Okay. I'm sure he missed it, but thank you, Kevin Harlan. Anyway. Uh, yeah, there were. I also thought Jason Tatum maybe got a block on Jimmy Butler uh, in crunch time, but oh well. Okay, that's it. That's that's the analysis you guys get. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. This episode of the Celtics Up Podcast was brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and BetterHelp. You deserve to be happy. The music that you heard at the top is from Divine Sweater. They're on tour. They have an album out. Check them out. We will be back here after Game 7, Monday night, hopefully previewing the finals. But, yeah. Congratulations to Adrian Griffin, the new oh, yeah. coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. By way of the Boston Celtics for a cup of coffee. All right, cool. Congrats, Adrian Griffin. And uh, we'll see you in the postseason next year, I assume.
Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. We'll see you Monday.